Yeah, she'll teach you how to be artistically you. Not afraid to talk about what's taboo. So don't play small. Join the podcast with Nikki Collins. Autism Unmasked. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Autism Unmasked. My name's Nikki Collins. I'm the autism coach and author of Through Autistic Eyes. You can find out more about my coaching and my book on my website, theautismcoach.co.uk. So today's guest is the amazing Leonie Dawson. What Leonie has achieved in their life is mind-blowing. Leonie has built a multi-million dollar business whilst working only 10 hours a week, and there isn't a massive team in the background. Leonie has created a business that has made her dreams come true and lives the life of her own design with her husband and two daughters on the Sunshine Coast in Australia. Late diagnosed autistic and ADHD, what a lovely spicy mix that is. Leonie is going to share some of their journey and how she went from working up a tree to where she is today. So (laughs) thank you for joining me on the first episode of Autism Unmasked of 2023, Leonie. Oh, Nikki, babes, it's a joy to be here. And it makes me laugh because you're like, oh, you know, you're no longer working up a tree, but I am outside in the garden because I don't want to wake up my children. <laughs> yeah, but it is 6.30 in the morning. Yeah, and- yeah. <laughs> it's, always, it's always interesting when you're trying to work with Australia and UK time zones. Right, it's bananas. So what like we're we're gonna be sleep deprived no matter what. Both of us. Yeah. <laughs> it's not too bad for me. It's half eight, but <laughs> for you, I've I've dragged you out of bed. Hopefully not kicking and screaming. You've still got a smile on your face, so that's a good thing. <laughs> it's just gonna be like we'll we want we've got the kids are off school now, so we'll go to the markets or something and we thought we'd go there early. So it's a good excuse to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> nice and you can all have a nice little nap later I've had exactly a it's a nap day although you're tomorrow now oh it's so confusing oh it's all <laughs> still it's all still a nap day we'll just declare it that excellent excellent it is national nap day if you yes. are a later identified autistic person only otherwise you have to stay awake <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so how did you go from working up a tree to not working up a tree? How did that come about? Obviously, I know some of this, but for mm. the benefit of people who do not know that, um, have some clarifications and words. Sure. Really. <laughs> sure. You know, I really wanted to have a creative career. Um, and, you know, from a very young age, I really wanted to be an artist or a writer. And my parents were farmers and um, they were like, no, you're not going to earn good money from, you know, being a creative. All artists are starving. Um, And they also, like, were very firm in, like, their money, uh, their money talks in that they were, you know, they'd always say, you know, don't own a small business because most small businesses fail in the first five years and also don't earn in the highest tax bracket because otherwise you'll earn too much, like you'll pay too much tax. Um, 
So it was quite confusing money lessons, really, but um, I'm glad that I ignored all three. (laughs) (laughs) Fabulous, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I thought when when I was like 18, my parents were like, no, you can't have a creative career. I was like, okay, well, if I can't be an artist, I'll do the second best thing and I'll be Prime Minister of Australia. Um, And, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so um, I'd met my um, partner by that point and we moved to Canberra, which is, you know, the big government capital of Australia. And I worked in the public service. I got to work in Parliament House. I got to meet a lot of the um, MPs and stuff. And uh, really quickly I realised like, oh, I'm not going to be able to be all of myself in this, you know, in this endeavor, like these, like as much as I don't, um, you know, agree with a lot of, you know, I don't share the same ideals as some of their policies. Um, all ministers work exceptionally hard. Like they just work like in a way that I wouldn't be able to replicate. And mm-hmm. they have a skin that is far tougher than the sensitive little petal skin that I have. And so I thought I'm not actually wouldn't be able to survive in this climate. Mm-hmm. And I I like I'm not going to be able to do this. And so I'll just go back to my original idea, which is to have a creative career. And so I was I like I learned these lessons really quickly. And so I was like maybe 22 by this point. I remember like uh flying home to see my dad, who's a farmer, and I was like, okay, dad, I just, I've got something to tell you. I'm going to decide I'm going to be an artist. And it was sort of like coming out to him, really. And he was like, well, artists don't make much money. And I said, ah, but, you know, like, you're a farmer and your father was a farmer and your father's father was a farmer. And there's not much money in farming either. So I guess I just come from a long line of dreamers, really. And he said, you think you're funny, don't you? And I said, it's fucking golden. It was golden then. Did you not hear that? Long line of dreamers. Nice. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So from that moment forward, I just like committed to having a creative business and learning everything that I could about business and marketing so that I could actually build a vessel for me to be able to live the life that I wanted. And it's been really just a continuation since from that. And working up a tree was part of that process, you know. I didn't have an office at the time. Actually, I don't have an office at the moment. I'm totally fine with it, just sitting in the garden. (laughs) Um, But I, what I am committed to is creating and making things and helping people. And so wherever that is, I do it. And I'm very, very lucky to be able to do it. And it's been a very long creative career. Fantastic. I I know that starving artist mindset and mentality so well. And the artwork that you see on the wall behind me, one piece is my partner's and one's a joint collaborative piece between the pair of us and my partner was told you can't be an artist there's no money in that you need Mm. to go and get a proper job and for Mm. the benefit of listeners that is in inverted commas because if we took all the creatives out of this world we'd have a very colorless world Mm. and 
there are some incredibly successful artists out there in their many different forms. And yeah, I think it yeah, it's just it's an important thing to follow your passions and to ignore the naysayers, even if they are family. And sometimes family are the worst culprits I'm trying to hold you back to try and keep you safe. <laughs> Yeah, and also they're only talking from their own experience. Like I always say to people now, like, okay, so that's somebody's advice and, you know, are they successful? Are they good with money? Are they a really happy person? Because I really tend to only take the advice or guidance of somebody who's, like, got their shit together. (laughs) Absolutely. makes total sense. Why would you take it from someone who hasn't and who's still learning those lessons and who might never learn those lessons? Exactly. Exactly. Talking about life's lessons, how did you end up getting a diagnosis? What led you into that diagnostic route for autism Mm. ADHD? You know, I had no no clue really growing up, just knew that I was very, very different. and I grew up in a, a um, I'd call it a different ability friendly home. It, so my eldest brother had cerebral palsy. My mum was um, a long term uh, disability support worker, and so we constantly had you know kind of her clients in her house. My brother's friends um, who had all different abilities and. Um, and some of my favorite clients of mums were the ones with autism. And we'd get along like a friggin' house on fire and just have the best time. And my mum would say, Gosh, you're so similar. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and it just, but never put two or two together because, uh, and in her, like her words, she would say, It was like, you just seem to have this extra lightness around you, you know got a kooky brain but you're just got this lightness in that it never really made me feel super sad to be me I was like ah this is greatest <laughs> um so never really saw I never really look for diagnosis um at that point and then um in I think I was about 32 or so and um, I had three really good friends kind of in the space of a few months all get diagnosed with autism. And I was genuinely bef- betwixt, befuzzled, confused, because I thought, I don't get it. These are the coolest people I've ever met and the ones that I understand the most. What mm. does that mean? Why? Okay, well, whatever. In order to be a good friend, I'll go look at the autism checklist so that I can hopefully like understand them better. (laughs) 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 And then I read the checklist um, and helpfully one of my friends shared um, like the female uh, checklist, you know, the female identifying checklist or AFAB uh, checklist. And I was reading it and I just remember the moments because it just felt like all of the, the earth fell away beneath me. And I thought, what the fuck it was like every single one of my biggest kind of secrets in terms of like the the, the most innate parts of me were just written on paper 
And I was like, what the fuck is happening? And some, it was like somebody had written out like the secrets of my soul onto paper. Um, and I thought I'd just been unique, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. Uh, spoiler. <laughs> there you are now. unique, Leone. I don't think there's another Leone out there. <laughs> Well, yes, this is true. I'm unique in being in being myself, um, and so I knew instantly that 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 was it. And it did cause a bit of an identity crisis within me. Um, it took a little while to get used to, and then it was sort of just like, oh yeah, that's 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 what's happening. Um, and I I ended up becoming very open about it. You know, I ended up blogging about it um, just with that self diagnosis. Um, and that was all groovy. And then uh, like years after that, I think maybe six years after that, I was like, you know what? I might as well just get the official diagnosis, just make sure I haven't misdiagnosed anything. Um, or if there's anything else and I wasn't expecting that there would be anything else. Um, but I got the ADHD one at the same time because two for the price of one, that's so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's where the conflict comes in in the brain. Do the thing. Don't do the thing. We like routine. We don't like routine. That's right. <laughs> I'm so bored with routine. If I didn't routine one more moment, I'm going to die. <laughs> oh, God, if I change new things, that's really going to tax my nervous system. I don't care. I need dopamine. <laughs> oh, pesky dopamine. No. <laughs> I go uh, cold water swimming. And it's cold, really, really cold in the UK, especially in the oh late. Of course. Yeah. I think it said that it was measuring eight degrees in the river the other day. And we was all like, really? It seems cooler than that. That seems very warm. <laughs> we think the thermometer's wrong. And judging by the look on your face, that sounds like torture. <laughs> All right, but yeah, good for you. I've I've heard it done does wonders. Oh, it does. Afterwards, it's like I'm the Duracell bunny on speed. It's just like, (laughs) (laughs) just don't feed me caffeine at the same time. Lethal. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, I I was 34 when uh, when I realised there wasn't much of an age difference and yeah, reading and going down the rabbit hole of research that you end up going down when you're later diagnosed or come to that realization. It's just mind blowing. I wrote a book um, recently, and one of my beta readers, who's coming up to being in her 60s, she got to chapter three and had to put the book down because she was so triggered because she suddenly started to realize what her life was and that she's autistic oh my gosh what a way to discover I know and I felt both pleased and a little bit guilty as well because yeah didn't think I should like send these things out of a trigger warning it was pretty clear what the book was about but she is now pursuing a diagnosis and I will help her with the paperwork. <laughs> it's my, I'm so sorry, <laughs> but it makes sense. And I kind of knew this from the very first message that you sent because of the very specific set of instructions 
that you laid out and then I was able to say to her oh by the way I don't like these things this this and this and you were like oh that's cool I don't either and I thought ping 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 ding 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 yeah the 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 doll went off (laughs) (laughs) it's it's true right and also like because we just have so obsessively researched it now um we know so much more than most people do, including like psychologists and stuff like that. And so, you know, when I talk to other school parents and they're talking about challenges with their kids and they're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, have you considered? And they'll be like, oh, but I went to the psychologist and the psychologist says it couldn't be that because of this. And I'm like, incorrect, incorrect. Oh dear, I think the best way to diagnose autistics, and I know that a lot of people will be listening and going, no, you can't say that, but I can, and I'm about to say it. Yeah, let's go there. Is to have a panel of autistics talking to people who think that they might be autistic. And if we vibe and we go, yep, there we go, done. Yep, exactly. Exactly. It's like, you know, it, it really is the contagious diagnosis because, you know, it, when one person gets done, then, uh, you know, gets diagnosed, it means your your children or some of your children may likely have it. Your partner has a 90% chance of having some kind of neurodiversity, your parents um, and all your friends. And so it very much is the contagious diagnosis. It's not like, oh, it's just this one person. No, it's a whole ecosystem of neurodivergence vibing together. It really, really is. And I always ask parents if they come to me about their autistic children. Now, I don't work with autistic children. I have done in the past, but not so much now. But I always ask, are you autistic or is the other parent involved in this autistic? Who in your yeah. family? Where does it run from? Because it, there's somewhere. So who's yeah. the quirky one? Who are the, the oddballs, the eccentrics? Because they, they they are the markers. And they go, yeah. oh. Or, oh, yeah, I've displayed some traits. I have wondered. And other people, they're just, they have no idea. Mm. Mm. And that's one of the things that people always say when they're later diagnosed. Why did no one tell me? I'm trying. I'll tell you. If you're not listening, yeah. it's fine, but I told you. <laughs> I go in my friends go, what if I'm neurodivergent? I'm like, um, do you really think I would be friends with a neurotypical? <laughs> Why would I? Like, I know we're supposed to be, like, I say this facetiously, but I know we're supposed to, accept all people for their abilities, but I cannot with neurotypical. I do not get it. So I like to surround myself with a magical little cast of neurodivergence. That's it. Even though, like I've got two assistants in my business and um, they're both, you know, strongly neurodivergent and that I will not work with neurotypicals because I drive them insane and they drive me insane i know it's the little things that they expect which we have no rule book for so when we don't say hi how are you and how's your family in the opening line of an email they think that they've done something terribly wrong mm. it's like 
No. It's just need to get some shit done. That's small talk and like I work more than 10 hours a day. That's a goal of mine to get down to that. (laughs) A week, sorry, not a day. Oh God, no. (laughs) But that's that's a goal of mine to get down to that. And I'm I'm furiously working on it. Not up a tree. I would probably fall out. But it was the only place I could catch a breeze. I used to work, so just for everyone who's listening, um, at certain points, you know, I haven't had offices and I had crying babies in my house. So I would leave them with my husband and I'd go down to the park at the end of the street. And sometimes I'd work up the tree um, because it's the only place I could catch a breeze because it's freaking hot in North Queensland in Australia. Um, But then I got caught up there by a snake. And so it was less enticing after that. I thought I'd just try the park bench for a while. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll stick to the hills of Derbyshire. There's no, there's no snakes. So yeah, yeah. Might find a <laughs> cow in a field or something, but other than that, it's fine. <laughs> like the the snakes up a tree, they're they're usually not poisonous. So maybe I should have just stayed up there instead of the snakes on the ground. I don't know. Who knows? It's one of life's little mysteries. <laughs> the universe had a different direction for you, which didn't involve trees. <laughs> You can always go back to it if you feel cool. This is true. This is true. (laughs) So how have you managed to build your empire using so few hours in the week? Because I know that there are people out there who are burning a candle at both ends and who are working 25 hours a day, eight days a week, and they're just stuck and you and I both know that's because they're overworking and trying to do too many things Mm. but (laughs) I have studied your work I have bought your courses (laughs) I will link them in so that people can see this into the show notes as well so see your variety of materials that are out there (laughs) but yeah how have you managed to kind of work your way to where you are Mm. In such a short time allocated during the week. Yeah. You know, like for me, it was like a built-in um, kind of rule for my life. So I used to work for the Australian government while I was building my business up. Uh, and I'm very, like I'm quite risk adverse despite my personality. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to... Um, you know, like I had such short amounts of time to work on my business. So I had to work out ways to make it make money without taking a huge amount of time. And I didn't end up properly leaving the public service until I was nine months pregnant with my baby, had my baby, and she was a baby who did not sleep, who cried all the time. And so, you know, to even get two hours a day away from her was very difficult and that didn't happen for you know at least a year um but it so it was just like these tiny pockets of time of like fuck okay i need to make money and by that point i was the sole breadwinner of our family and I, we need to make money like how are we going to make this happen and also like i'm the only one that's got functioning boobs like <laughs> you know, um how do we how do we make this roll and so um becoming really fixated on what do I need to do that will drive my business forward, that will make money, that is money, like that profits, generates money uh, in the shortest period of time and then 
all the other things that are the nice to haves, I, I actually can't do a lot of them. I yeah. need to just do the stuff that is critical and ignore the rest. Um, and, you know, I need to delete it. I need to delegate it. I need to systemate it. I need to automate it, whatever I can do to get it off my list. And a lot of people, like, they, you know, like, oh, I've got too much to do. And they immediately think I just have to delegate it. And I always say, ah, ah, like, because every time you delegate something, it's going to still cost you time and it's going to still cost you money, a lot of money um, to just continue to get tasks done. So you need to make sure that those tasks are actually vital to getting done first um, and before delegating them. And then also like making sure that you can't just like systemate it and like get it automated instead because it's going to be so much cheaper and easier than actually having staff to run. Um, for me as an autistic person, like People are generally my kryptonite in the, because I don't understand how people function. And, you know, my assistants are awesome. Um, however, it's always going to be better for me if I either delete a task or I automate the task before I delegate it. And I can't run my business just on my own, like, because there's not enough robots in the world yet. <laughs> um, but... Um, yeah, like working working around that. And like another big thing is, you know, I read the four-hour work week when it first came out in 2007. Mm. And being an autistic person, I just took it literally. I took it fucking literally, guys. Like he was doing four hours. I thought, okay, well, I don't know if I'm like that brilliant. I could maybe do it in like double that-ish, like 10 hours a week. And yes. so, um, you know, he gave really clear examples of how to do it. And so I just did that I followed it and one of the big things he did was talk about Pareto's principle which is like 80% of your results come from 20% of your actions and so you might as well just do the 20% that creates the money and then fuck off the rest and so this is kind of what I do <laughs> yeah exactly exactly I've taken that principle on based on well I, I think I heard that from you because I never finished reading the four-hour work week <laughs> It is, and it is a real dude fest. And I'm like, come on, can you just be a little bit more intersectional, motherfucker? But you know, look, honestly, uh, Tim Ferriss is 100% neurodivergent, um, and so I don't. Um, he has to be. He has to be. Um, but um, yeah, I hope that at some point he'll get obsessed with learning how to be an intersectional person, feminist in the world. Hopefully. We've, yeah. we, we can, times are changing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd be great for him. Times are changing. It's kind of, uh, it's going back to what it should have been originally, really. But that's a whole another debate all in its own right. <laughs> <laughs> I am planning on potentially going down the rabbit hole of the three genders and being above gender and all of that. Oh, Yeah. Um, over my Christmas break because I'm having a total social media hiatus. Uh, obviously, nice. that doesn't apply to you because you're not on social media anymore. And no. I bet that was one of the best things you ever did for your mental health and well-being. It, yeah, it really was. And for my creativity and for my levels of inspiration, it's just fucking bonza. I tried it as a 21-day just holiday um, at the start of last year, a start of – 2021 
And within three days, my brain was changing so much in such beautiful ways. I thought, I am never going back. Never, ever, ever. Yeah. I haven't. Oh, love it. I love it. I love it. So just to um, throw a real question your way, (laughs) Mm. have you you got a top tip for an autistic person, just in general, like a later Mm. diagnosed autistic person? What's your top tip? One, just like you're fucking magnificent. You're just absolutely fucking magnificent. And um, the only reason that we're considered neurodiverse um, is because there might be slightly more neurotypical people in the world. They don't say what they mean and they struggle to communicate clearly and um, they aren't artistic geniuses or mechanical geniuses like this whole fucking world is run on autistics <laughs> because they, they like small talk like they're busy talking about weather guys they don't they don't go down rabbit holes of research they're not just like inhaling information at the rate of knots Um, and they take a direct approach to answering a question instead of going around in a circle and then forgetting the whole point of the question what's that about (laughs) driving me effing crazy um so so like uh the world is built upon autistics um they are inspired by autistics autistics are the artists and the engineers and the inventors and the writers and the feelers and the empaths and all the fucking great things um so i think it's just realizing that like you actually do genuinely have superpowers and as part of having superpowers we do have kryptonite as well but of course we do because if we didn't like like we are fucking ferrari brains in comparison to their camry brains you know like we can go so fast and so high octane but we're going to need a bit of extra support in order to do it like the the fucking basic bitch Toyota Camry is just going to need like greasy rags sometimes and a little bit of a top up to be fine. Whereas we kind of need a team of like people to keep us on the road to continue us like being the high octane motherfuckers we are. Um, so um, that's totally cool. Like it's totally fine for our brain, our Ferrari brain to need a little bit more tweaking and support than basic bitch Camrys. Um, so it's it's an enormous blessing. And I, I get that it can feel just like what the ever-loving fuck is this. Um, it can feel like it's taking so much time to manage the Ferrari brain, but um, we are so needed in this world. And I'm so grateful that you are all here. Yeah, I t- I love that. I love that analogy. That's a brilliant analogy. And it's so true. It is so true. So I would like to say thank you for your time, which is very precious considering how much you work during the week. And yeah. I'd also like to thank you for getting up at what I would class as the butt crack of dawn. Mm. <laughs> Maybe not in some people's world, but I now 
have a teenager, so I don't need to set an alarm clock in the morning. And I don't. That's one of my upgrades. <laughs> I do not get up by an alarm clock unless it's absolutely necessary. And so I'd like to thank you for being here at 6.30. Maybe you are an early riser, but I certainly am not. Not I. <laughs> not I. Yeah, so no, thank you. And thank you for sharing these little nuggets of wisdom. I'm sure they go a long way. Oh, bless. Thanks, Nikki. Thanks for having me. And thanks for, you know, having these important conversations because they are really important. They absolutely are. Well, thank you very much. Oh, lots of love, my friend. Right back at you. Whilst Leonie isn't on social media anymore, you can still find all of her valuable work on her website and a list of her current courses can be found in the show notes. And if you're a later diagnosed autistic businesswoman who needs some help to harness your autistic strengths, drop me a message via my website and let's see how we can work together. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast with Nikki Collins. Autism on